Welcome to the Entertainment Engine. Hi, I'm Pete Moore. And my name's Bex Gregory. And together we are the co-hosts of the Entertainment Engine podcast. We are really excited to share more information about our show. The podcast is for new and existing creatives working in music, film and TV. Weekly, we provide our listeners with information, advice and knowledge to help people navigate a career in the entertainment industry. Plus, we have fantastic guests from the world of entertainment who share their stories with us, where we learn from their experience of working in the entertainment business, built in with some fun facts along the way. So be sure to subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, plus many others. We look forward to welcoming you to the show. This week on the Entertainment Engine, we welcome Zayra, primarily known as an American television personality, writer and producer. Zayra is also a trained actress and an accomplished recording artist who has performed with rock bands like the Goo Goo Dolls. Her flair for edutainment utilising music has inspired teens through her various media platforms of educational excellent programmes, namely her nationally syndicated television show Be In Tune TV. She is the co-founder of Be In Tune Cares, a global media initiative for youth which focuses on edutainment to help advance music and arts education in conjunction with the United Nations and its humanitarian efforts. Zayra penned her first novel, Diamonds Are For Cocktails, a glamorous thriller after experiencing the life in the French Riviera, which is out in 2022. We really hope you enjoy the chat Pete had with Zayra. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today on the Entertainment Engine. And today we have another special guest all the way from Hollywood, Zara. Zara, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Pete. Always uh, been busy um, and uh, more so these days. Um, busy with my latest project, The Diamonds Over Cocktails, which will be released in August 1st this summer. And I'm currently recording with... Um, my audiobook with a McCartney family, um, as in Paul McCartney's. I'm sure you've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a, just a little uh, bit. <laughs> yeah, just a tiny bit. <laughs> I think I think he's um yeah I think he's done a little bit over the years, hasn't he? To be honest with you. <laughs> oh, there you go. And and of course, uh, between that and ramping up with a book launch, a publicity and media tour, and we're as well as expanding internationally with this book. So things are really good with me. Thank you so much for asking. Well, yeah, and, and I think looking, you know, not not going on to the, on the on the negative side, but looking what's happened in the world and, and COVID and everything that's gone on. Have you been safe and well? Have you been okay? And your family been good? Yes, been good. Um, a couple had uh, contracted COVID. Um, just I would assume by now it's so prevalent. My goodness, um, they always say that if you can count your fingers and you know somebody who had contracted it, that means that's how widespread this thing is. But um, a couple of my family members have survived. Um, that is really uh, good news. And so far, so good with everybody else. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good Good to hear. And I think hopefully we're over the, just over the hill with it already. And I think everybody just wants to get out and not, get on with things, really. Would you agree with that? Just get back to normal life, really? Oh, gosh. Good Lord. Yes. It's a big yes with an exclamation point there. <laughs> Um, yes, of course. I mean, uh, we've been at this for a couple of years now. 
And all the more harder for me because my late husband passed a couple of years ago and it was in the height of COVID, although he wasn't in the, he didn't die of COVID. He had, you know, other, you know, uh, illness. Um, It was difficult because you're talking about, you know, not being able to deal with private nurses, therapists, you just, you know, nobody knows what COVID COVID at that time (laughs) was. So it was difficult. You know, you're so alone and we all were at some point. So it, it was tough. And, you know, hopefully we'll face it out. My goodness, hopefully this is not going to, you know, last any longer than we wanted. Um, just hope and, and, and pray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about, about your husband. And that's always, you. you know, just, uh, you know, terrible news to hear. But mm-hmm. on the positive side, you probably had some fantastic experiences with him and some, some things you'll never forget, probably. Indeed. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, this book is actually dedicated to him. So a lot of my travels and personal experiences with him um, are snapshots um, of this book. So his memory really lives in this book. So I, that's one of the motivating factors as to why I continue to uh, pursue this. And uh, so far, so good. You know, nothing would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. How did um, the Paul McCartney Association come around, Zara? How, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, it's very, very interesting because um, they deal with a whole lot of multimedia, but this is more like a private entity entity, and because they have their own brand. Mrs. McCartney is actually um, Paul's stepmom. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Ruth McCartney is uh, the sister. But what most people uh, don't know about her is that she was legally adopted by um, Paul's father. So she's actually McCartney McCartney. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, you know, we've become fast friends and, you know, just just enjoying so much with them and the whole family. Um, it came about uh, because my uh, publisher and, and that's how we got introduced. And there's a few names that was floated about and we sort of like honed in into like, no, let's work with the McCartney and they don't even do, you know, audible, but then somehow I gave them a sample. I, <laughs> Pete, I, I didn't even want to do it. And so let's just hire an actor. <laughs> this is not my forte. I'm in a recording artist. I'm yes. Yep. I'm a yep. personality. I've done that, but it's like narrating the whole book. That's like, that's a full-time actor's job. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. it's, 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 it's challenging, but they like somehow what they heard. Uh, the sample got forwarded to them and they've, Agreed. And next thing you know, I'm like knocking down chapters after chapters in their <laughs> studio. And, and funny enough, I, I I was just with them and I just heard from Mrs. Um, McCartney, uh, Andrew McCartney, emailing me. You know, she's really active. She's about 92 years old. Oh, wow. So, wow. She's so into the process. I am so impressed with her. I'm so impressed with the whole family. And it's just been such a delightful experience, really. I mean, what can I say? And I'm going back in tomorrow. As a matter of fact, one of I, I literally changed my schedule because I wanted, um, I'm like, it's time to talk to Pete and you know, 
<laughs> so I said, let's not schedule Friday. <laughs> let's not move that thing. So I'm going to come in Saturday instead. So I literally, just for the record, Pete, I literally um, re- rearranged my schedule just uh, so I can, uh, you know, go back to the studio tomorrow instead of today. So they wow. agreed. No problem. <laughs> wow. See, now you're making me feel all important now, Zara, and I don't know what to say. That's just amazing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's my normal self. I mean, I, you know, I, I've got nothing to hide. I love to share any creative experience and anything that I, I have come across in life. And I think this is really a turning point for me because this book has a lot of real life experiences that, you know, stem to all my inspirations, including my French Rivera, my husband, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's been such a wonderful experience. Like I said, who would have thought I would be working with a McCartney family? No, <laughs> and, absolutely. And a big deal. It's I, I, I truly, truly enjoy their friendship. I think, um, and I think before we sort of go back more into your book, it'd be really great to sort of go back to your earlier work as a musician. Something I'm really intrigued about is to look at the rock band you work with, the Goo Goo Dolls. Love to know more about this experience because actually one of my favourite bands, to be funny enough, because I lived in New York for quite a while and never managed no to see them. No way. Yeah, well, yeah. We got to go see them in concert together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really like their energy and experience. But yeah, love to know more about that experience. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, I met uh, Johnny and Robbie uh, when I just about started to become active, you know, as a recording artist. And that was yep, yep. one. And I was vocally training with, you know, a vocal guru, Seth Riggs of Hollywood. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. About every, you know him, uh, just about every superstar is out there and then some. You name yeah, it, yeah, yeah. he has worked with him, period. <clears throat> um, and uh, I was uh, performing as well with my local band. And, you know, a lot of that came about that time. I was writing songs, collaborating with musicians, different musicians and known musicians, too, and uh, working with different projects. So the opportunity presented itself uh, when, when, um, when they were looking for an opening act. And, you know, uh, I, I, I thought, wow, um, that's uh, somehow a great opportunity. And, you know, a lot of times in Hollywood and entertainment, I've been in this for, for quite some time, as you know, and it's not a big secret. It's all about, you know, right time, right place. And, you know, sure. who, who you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, right there and then. And then, you know, the luck is very, very uh, important, uh, apart from the hard work that you put in, the talent that you have. Da, 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 da. Um, and so my name came up. And Johnny, during the meeting, felt like I was the perfect fit and agreed on behalf of the band, Goo Goo Dolls. And before I knew it, I was performing with them across the country. And that was <laughs> it. You know, I it was a wonderful experience. And then God knows I've seen them in many, many of their concerts and hung out, you know, behind the scenes and stuff. They are really good guys, just uh, for the record, by the way, as a side note, and uh, Johnny, especially, he's special, and and I, I couldn't ask for for a better, um, you know, support from an up and coming, you know, recording artist or a performer, and they supported me a great deal, and to a point where I remember one of the concerts that we did at the nine thirty club, just the night before Avril Lavigne was performing, I, re- I remember. And 
somehow when we were doing the rehearsal, just hours before uh, it came about, you know, the, the actual concert, um, we were rehearsing and my music, music director was asking me, so where's your audio technician? We should start to get going. I'm like, what are you talking about? So guess what? No, you know, I was so busy, busy being pulled in so many directions, speak that to a point where somebody just somehow did not book the technician. And so that <laughs> yeah. was like, wow, that, you know, why yeah. not just forget our technician? We're just doing a concert here, but you know, everything will be all right. No problem. So that was a huge <laughs> problem that posted. Oh my gosh. I was stressing out so much. You know what these goose did? I would call them the goose. Um, Johnny and Robbie lend me their professional audio technician. Can you believe that? Wow. That's how good yeah, yeah. guys these yeah. people are. I mean, I know them and they're good friends as well with my husband. And I'm, I'm still friends with their um, um, manager, yeah, um, yeah. John DeHayes, who actually had yeah. taken them through many, many, many years. Long He's time. not with yeah. them anymore, but he, we still stay in touch. And I mean, who in the world does that? Especially if you're, you know, you're a rock star, you're a known band and they have the heart. To actually take care of me. And Johnny has always supported me. And he's always, you know, I, I mean, I, he really has a special place in my heart. What what can I tell you? They are good guys. And that's something that that's not being highlighted out there, but that they would, you know, they, they do stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think there's a really good message in that as well, especially with the young artists coming through is that. Yes. Sometimes you need that arm around you and just that just that support from your peers. And like you say at the time, it, it's probably a bit like today where you've got a young artist coming through supporting Paul McCartney and he's in the same situation. And Paul puts his arm around him and says, look, it's okay, you can do that. It's a similar situation. And, and you think, wow, okay. Um, and sometimes you need that because when you're starting out, you don't know what's going on. No matter what job it is, it's difficult you know right. to grasp everything and especially in entertainment and especially when you've been in it a, you know a while and you understand it you think god that actually was quite generous because entertainment as you know can actually be quite difficult a very difficult you place don't to navigate get that treatment right exactly no. you, you never get that treatment as a matter of fact so that was really a shocker in a most positive way uh, you're absolutely right it is it is difficult enough and usually you get the opposite um reaction and yeah. like, well, <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> well, I saw um, an interesting, I saw this week on the news, um, the Killers were performing in the UK. They're doing some shows in Scotland mm. and um, quite a nice little story and, uh, you know, packed out audiences ever. And this young Scottish guy holding a board up saying, I can play the drums. Can I come up and play the drums? And um, apparently Brandon, Brandon Flowers turned around to him and said, look, you need to make a better sign than that. If you come back tomorrow, I'll, I'll let you play the drums. So he came back with a better sign and said, look, I can play the drums, blah, 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 blah. The lad obviously didn't think, you know, much of it. And then until the killer said, you're coming on stage and um, handed him the sticks and he had to play the drums with the killers. And, you know, <laughs> how did that happen? But, exactly. you know, he took the opportunity and you sort of think, you know, I was reading it this week and I thought, that's a really nice story. And it, 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 this young lad had had the inspiration and nerve to go and do it. And he's gone and played with the killer. So it's pretty cool, oh, really. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love behind behind the scenes stories like that. And I do have something similar that I'll, you know, share with you a little bit down the road as we 
go through a conversation here. But I mean, that is special. I mean, I it wish, is. you yeah. know, that will be highlighted in the media because those are the things that are not talked about often enough. No. And having been, you know, a tele- television personality, that's something that I would literally highlight um, if I was doing the interview. And and is that something that teaches, like you said, that there's a longevity to that. Our show with the Be In Tune is literally about, again, nurturing, you know, kids and, you know, advancing music and edutaining um, young, young children. And so that is extremely helpful to be able to understand that, hey, this is not just about the glitz and glamour. What you see there, there are some good things happening and there's some also hard work, you know, behind the scenes that that needed to be, you know, uh, exposed. So yes, uh, that those are good stuff, good stuff to be, um, to be put out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you just sort of touched on it as well. Like the the teen show that you did, I mean, broadcasting to 120 million people, Zara, I mean, that's just nuts. I mean, that's, that's huge, (laughs) but that's also, but that's sending a message, a positive message to a lot of people that, Mm -hmm. you know, that, I mean, obviously I've never done that. And, and from a question from me to you, how did you feel about broadcasting to that many people? Did you ever think about it or did it, did it not worry you? Oh, good Lord. I, we never even expected to be up there and, and, and just to back up a little bit, Pete, at first I really didn't even want to do it. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> seriously, there's a lot of things you'll find out that I don't want to do. And I wind up like jumping in next thing. you Doing know. It. Oh yeah. my goodness. Uh, I, I didn't think I was a TV personality type, uh, to be honest. And at that time, as I was already a recording artist uh, who had performed with uh, the Goo Goo Dolls yeah. and yeah. had worked on a music project for children. And But the producers wanted somebody who understood uh, the music world and can be able to translate that to the younger audience. Someone who has the experience and in touch with the pop culture and able to connect music in the most meaningful fashion that is, you know, also relatable to, you know, the 13 years old to 17 years old. So yeah. all in all, yeah. they yeah. thought I fit the bill. So I was it. And and the show uh, was well received and and kept getting renewed for a total of eight seasons. Wow. So that wasn't a bad wow. one. And that was a shocker because we actually started with 60 million. And and since it is a, a programming of of uh, ENI programming, and, and which means it's really informational and yeah, yeah. Um, uh, educational, which we were sort of like the PBS slash MTV, we're like the good guys, but yet we are you know we we were cool because we had you know the who's who of Hollywood as our guest stars. So it's such a perfect formula that worked because you put an eye candy, you put pop culture kids pay attention it's like oh well Beyonce here blah 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 Justin Timberlake who yeah. comes on or yeah. the Goo Goo Dolls I would follow them behind yeah. the scene yeah yeah those are the stuff that they can identify but then once they're hooked then you start talking about evergreen stuff not like who's your latest girlfriend or you know frivolous stuff like that we don't touch that stuff as your latest you know who, who are you dating with we're more like who inspired you to become a singer or become a performer well, it's actually my, you know, high school teacher uh, because she she educated me and and encouraged me in, you know, in music education, blah, blah, blah. That's actually a real answer from Jesse McCartney uh, that I'm exampling. 
Yeah. But those are the stuff that are, you know, substantive and, and, and not, again, um, something that just would be a trend or a fad. It actually lasts because 10 years from now, you can literally play it out and, and, and say, hey, uh, who inspired you <laughs> once again to become a rock star? So yeah. that yeah. is always of interest for the parents and the kids that, hey, Beyonce talking about the healing power of music, how she is able to get through the day through her funk and through her depression because of music. And, and I think that speaks a bigger volume more than, you know, an average one of um, yeah, yeah. listening to music. I think so. And I think, um, I think also as well, sometimes people forget as well, Zara, that, you know, you've highlighted like, you know, Beyonce, you know, global superstar. She's, she, you know, adored by f millions of fans all over the world, but people sometimes forget that she's a human being as well. Like all superstars are. Yeah. And it's difficult because they've got to go away. I remember reading a, um, again, this is quite a few years ago and it was actually sort of leads me on to U2 really. And I think Bono was, they were away touring and when he, you know, playing in front of 70,000, 80,000 people every night, coming back home to his wife and his children, it took him a long time to come down from that, you know, from that excitement and what, what they were achieving. It's, it's to come to normal life, really, and take your kids to school. And I think um, sometimes the reality check for youngsters, they don't, I think it's best to get both sides of the track of, of how you do make it, when you make it, and what the pitfalls are. Absolutely. But hearing it from you, what you've done, you know, even a presenter, what you've done and performed the Goo Goo Dolls and you've, you've been in front of young people, they will trust you and believe you. And I think that's, you know, I think that's a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, it, it is true. Uh, there's a, there's a, you know, you have the platform, you have the credibility to be able to um, basically have a license to promote it. And my whole career has been, you know, dedicated to uh, advancing that um, because I work closely with, you know, my, my husband who, even had a far longer, you know, resume when it comes to dedicating himself into helping children, including the disabled and mentally challenged. He was, by the way, um, he worked with the Kennedy family for almost 20 years. Oh, wow. And so, you know, wow. yeah, and yeah. Then, you know, it's just an, an amazing run. And, you know, some of it I want to continue because I totally got inspired through that. And that also began the, my journey um, being uh, in the entertainment industry, you sort of like, you know, find ways to combine that and it works. And the perfect example of that, again, is being tuned TV. So it's, it's really great. It's funny that you mentioned Bono because we, we definitely have not only worked with him, we, we know him too. And, you know, a lovely man. What can I say? Yeah, I, 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 same touching on that. I mean, I, I've seen you two perform um, Wembley Stadium, um, you know, several times. And I, I don't know, I've always come away just feeling <clears throat> just a mega concert. They don't just they don't just sing songs, they actually put on a show. And when you talk to people around you, and I've spoken to people when I've attended the shows, you know, from Germany, Austria, Canada, United States, and... There isn't many bands, probably the, the other bands that I would say that personally from me you know, or other artists like David Bowie or the Foo Fighters or, mm -hmm. or again, Paul McCartney, there's not many bands that actually can tr break America. Um, and they did and they still have. And they're just they're just a global band that I think people today, if you grew up with you 2 they're always in your blood. Um, 
Amen. I, they just produce some fantastic music. I mean, and live. I mean, you've obviously seen them live. They're just phenomenal live. I've seen them, I don't know, six or seven times, and every single time the show's been different, but the same songs have just had the same energy, but the show's been different. They've, they've managed to turn the show into another show. And you come away thinking, oh, my God, how many times can they play The Streets of No Name differently? And you come away going, yeah, that was really cool. So, yeah, and obviously with the Grammy Foundation and you work with the, with the band, tell us a little bit more about that. It would be really great sure. to hear. And by the way, how cool is that to be able to <laughs> work well, with that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean that, I mean, that is pretty cool. I mean, I've got to say, this one of the other reasons why we set up the podcast is because we've spoken to some great people. And I just love hearing people's stories. Me and Becky just think it's fascinating that – you know, you've worked with you too. I mean, Paul McCartney, I mean, come on. I mean, that, that's that's cool in itself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You, you you completely understand what I'm trying to say here. I know when uh, Bono, when we ran into him, uh, my husband and I would run into him to certain, you know, events like, uh, I can't even remember any red carpet events, such as the Oscars, uh, Elgin Johnson stuff. I mean, we, yeah. we would yeah. literally like chat and my, my husband um, and I, the three of us would just get together and chat like old times because <laughs> my husband, my husband's one and only, my husband was, was a long television producer before I even came on yeah. to this yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, um, having been with the Kennedy family. The one uh, show, television show that he put together and produced actually his one and only Emmy award winning show. Bono was in it, Pulp John Paul, you know, yeah. George Bush Sr., Michael Douglas. I mean, all the superstars just came on to 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 do that um, with him. And and Bono always remembered how they, you know, worked together even all that time. So he's such a down to earth, lovely man. And <laughs> here it is. We would run into each other and we just you know, we would just uh, chat along and, you know, and take some photos and whatnot. He's just lovely. But honestly, working with him, it was literally one of my favorite experiences. I could never forget that when it came to, you know, working with children. Uh, the project, we were asked to help, you know, obviously not, um, I was going to say, we were asked to bring in, uh, to, to work with local middle high schools to arrange. Yeah. Selected yeah. group of young musicians, sure. um, you know, f to join us with, you know, for the band's rehearsal just before the concert behind the scenes with U2. But uh, coincidentally, U2 also was happening. I mean, U2 was touring at that time, right at the exact, you know, timing. So um, I was even thinking it might have even been their elevation tour. I don't okay. know if you remember yeah. that time. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. After releasing their All That You Can Leave Behind album, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is really one of my favorites. My it goodness. is mine, actually. Yeah, it is, yeah. Oh, oh really? Wow. And the, Josh yeah. the Joshua Tree as well. Yeah, definitely. We yeah. have a lot of commonality here, I noticed. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, my first one of my first album was well, oh, well, no. the two albums that I bought were Michael Jackson's Thank Thriller you. and one of my other favorite albums was The Joshua Tree. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. My, yeah. Another one of my favorite ones. My gosh. Like I said, we are in the same <laughs> boat here. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, to continue the story during rehearsal, okay, Bono stopped and asked this young drummer, you know, in our small crowd to come up and play with a band, very much like that. The killers, you know, story yeah, 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 yeah. 
which is really unheard of. I mean, again, you never hear this stuff, right? No, you don't. No. The guy, the high school, you know, guy, you know, did, and he was quite a beautiful experience. So Bono would do stuff like that. And that too is not highlighted. You know, hardly people would know about that with him, but he would, you know, he would surprise you. Um, He would do things like that. And then afterwards, he and uh, bassist uh, Adam Clayton, who's another sweetheart, by the way. Yeah, he's lovely, isn't he? Adam's really cool. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He spent time with us, both of them, and just mingling and chatting um, for a bit. And they were so, so nice, super, super nice. And it was quite a memorable experience. Um, We presented Bono the painting that he actually did during that Emmy Award winning show that he did for um, the foundation. Oh, and wow. yeah, we, yeah. we literally presented it to him. So he's like, send it to me, send it to me. I mean, I painted that. I don't even have a copy of that. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, it was quite a memorable experience. So that is definitely one of um, my favorite experiences. Oh, yeah. I mean, with children. I mean, that really is cool. I mean, what were the chill? How did the children feel about it as well? I mean, they must have been just mesmerized and just excited to, to be involved. Oh my gosh, they were over the moon. And watching this little, you know, watching this kid, this high school kid, just like jump on, jump, jump in drums and, and start, you know, playing with a band. And Bono was still having his microphone and he's just, <laughs> he was still singing. That was, that was really, really special. And I just thought, wow, this is the essence you know, of our being tuned TV. And even at that time, we still haven't, you know, even started with the being tuned TV. Huh. A lot of it are, you know, culmination of what my husband and I has, you know, have have had done, you know, over the years. And that's why it formulated and it was ine- inevitable down the road that this was about to come out because this really was the essence of it. You really nurture young kids and uh, through music, you advance their, you know, you know, uh, music and arts education. I mean, it's all good stuff. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think um, we had another uh, guest a few months ago, Randy Elderman, the composer. And um, obviously Randy's done, you know, Ghostbusters and he's done Last of the Mohicans. And we had a really mm-hmm. big chat with him. And one of, the, one of the telling things he said to, to Becky and I was, you can talk to anybody, Pete. He said, you can literally talk to anybody. He said, don't let anyone tell you you can't talk to anybody. So because he said, he turned around to us and said, because of the way that your podcast is, he said, that's why I want, he wanted to come on because of the way that we our energy was and speaking with people. So he said, you can literally go out and speak to anybody. And I thought, you know, it's a really good sort of thing that he said, because if you believe in yourself, you can just pick up the phone to someone. If you're interested in what they do and you, you want to invite them on or to do something, then why not? It's just my frustration over the years as well, and probably you've been through this as well, Zara, is management, agents, sometimes oh publicists, they just cause so many problems that you just think, yes. why are you doing this when all I'm trying to do is do this bit, and if I can exactly. get to the person I need to get to, they could just say yes or no very quickly, and that's all I'm asking. And, and, and a lot of times, if you actually get a direct, you know, questioning without all these layers, you know, protective yeah. layers, they yeah. have, I call it, they yeah. will actually agree having given the chance of you presenting, okay, present, pitch in two minutes, what is it you want? 
I bet you any amount that they would actually say yes more than no, Pete. Yeah. Um, basing from my experience on this other end of this entertainment industry. Yeah. So yeah. It, absolutely right about that. It's just ridiculous how all this layers that you have to go through that has they don't even know about it most of the time. Um, because they, you know, the front person, <laughs> the, the the screener, uh, the gatekeeper <laughs> yeah. does, you know, things that, you know, they do what they do. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think it, I think it, that's why sometimes you just don't see maybe the talent or certain talent doesn't come through for, and I understand it. I get it. You know, I've been in, like you, been in the business a long time and it frustrates me where you're thinking, um, you know, sometimes it's difficult to go through the brick walls because people have tried and tried and tried and, and they sort of think, oh, I'm going to give up now. And when they go to give up, they get that break because, funny enough, they meet someone in a coffee shop that actually they've been wanting to talk to for the last 10 years and now they're in front of them. And it's like, why didn't you come and approach Amen. me? And it's like, well, I tried, oh but God. I got told to go away 20 times, basically. Bingo. That's exactly what I'm, the essence of what I'm trying to say. It's just a matter of getting in front of them and 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 believe it or not, it's more yes than a no. And um, what makes it complicated and muddy is just the in-between people, like we said. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, entertainment, it is what it is, isn't it, unfortunately? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we can do about it, at least for now. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so let's, let's I want to talk about more about your book, Diamonds Are for Cocktails. You know, really tell us about how it came about, inspired. You've spoken about your husband quite a lot, and it's obviously dedicated to him. So it'd be really, really great to know a lot more about it. And then when, you know, when it's coming on release and talking about audio, just talk to me about it. Sure. Um, Diamonds Over Cocktails um, novel is an intriguing uh, glamorous thriller that has a classic undertone to the storyline but presented in a contemporary version. But it also gives the readers uh, a cinematic feel to it as you go through the pages. So that's pretty much what what it is um, right off the bat. But uh, it's about an adopted French diamond heiress living in the French Riviera and uh, struggling immensely to find meaning in life. And she's solely relies on her childhood best friend to help her get through it. And somehow along the way, mysterious things take place. So begins the adventures for the readers. And what inspired me to uh, write this book is, number one, my love for the French Rivera, particularly Monaco. And um, and it's really about uh, the decadent lifestyle of the rich and famous. And I thought that somehow... To me, there's something special about the second smallest country in the world. <laughs> and my time there brought about indelible memories, you know, that supersedes most of my travel experiences. And I want to share it with the world, especially with the younger generations. So uh, all in all, I, I, I think the, the, the book um, really drives the inspiration that was uh, originally written for, which is again, my travels in the French Riviera with my husband that really uh, stays page after page for this. And and, um, somehow um, I started going through this and actually got my first endorsement um, from Fox. And 
And I thought, wow, it's such a surreal feeling when somebody finally validates to you that, okay, she's not crazy after all. <laughs> she, she's not yeah. a lunatic. She actually has something here. And, you know, that it's <laughs> worth the buy, worth the, you know, worth the read. And we're not talking about a small newspaper or institution. We're talking no. about Fox News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a huge deal. And I thought, wow, this is, Pete, I can't begin to tell you how great it feels because the hard work and the time that was uh, dedicated towards this project, I can't begin to tell you, we're talking about years in the making here. And, you know, as a first time author, you really, you know, don't know a lot of times what you're doing. You rely on your gut because you have the creative drive. That's really pretty much what I had. And, you know, being able to have that for a start was really challenging. And, you know, again, remember, I come from, you know, a music background. The last thing I would want to do is write a book. I mean, if I, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> when I was growing up, if you, if someone had told me like, oh, you're going to be an author one of these days when you grow up or at least one of your careers, I'll be laughing at you because it's like, are you serious? You got to be kidding me. That's something that I, you know, I, I, I refuse to, to, to do. And that's, you know, I do a lot of things, but not this is ridiculous. But what do you know? I mean, growing up when I was, when I was um, little, I mean, reading and writing is something that I really dreaded. I just, you know, that's not something that I love to do. I love performing. I love singing. Da, 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 da. But as I grew up, what do you know? I became a songwriter, which involves writing. And yeah, yeah. then, you know, yeah. I became a contributing writer for my television show. And before I knew it, I have this book that I have written uh, almost uh, 60,000 pages, a um, little over 200, uh, uh, sorry, I was gonna say 60,000 um, uh, words and a little over 200 uh, pages. So, you know, it just goes to show you once again that if you want something bad enough, you can move mountains. <laughs> it, is, it is, and I, I think mean, like... my gosh, how did I get here? <laughs> I said to myself, you know, it's like, how in the world did I get here and get endorsed? And, and of course, that's one of the reasons why the McCartney uh, family, by the way, um, took me on. And because they are starting to get to know the story. It is unique. It is different than your average thriller. And I always say, even when I talk to my team, I said, you know, when you talk to people, you know, having, you know, more, you know, endorsements out there and whatnot, I always tell them, look, if you're looking for the John Grishams of the world or the Thomas Harris's of the yeah. world, that ain't me. That yeah. is just not me. This is a unique one because I wanted to come from a stand. I purposely did that. I didn't want to be the traditional uh, thriller novelist. And that is exactly why it's stemming back to my whole story that is unique and different, starting with, you know, a glamorous, a glamorous one. You're talking about a deeply broken woman who, you know, had all this riches and power bequeathed to her and yet struggles immensely to find meaning in life while the whole world envies her, 
here she is struggling. So it, there's also, you know, a human interest story to it. So it's just not a straight up thriller, murder, mystery thriller, one would say. There is that angle of the human interest story that makes her real. Her story is real. And it takes you uh, on a ride and a, a serious journey. It really is intriguing. And it's really, really um, something that would entertain you from the beginning to the end. Yeah, I think, um, again, like you say, you 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 don't know what's in front of you and you end up writing a book where you think, that's not what I do. But entertainment sort of takes you in all sorts of different ways. And, and sometimes the things that you plan to do never work out and the things that you never plan or think of are the ones that actually come and sort of hit you on the side and think, hang on a minute, where did that come from? What well, what is this all about? And I think you've you've really highlighted a, a really interesting point as well, Zara, is the fact of more and more in the UK, especially what me and Becky are seeing and what we're trying to do and sort of move forward, is I think people want to see real things in front of them. I think they want to see real stories, um, real people doing real things, but still having that real essence of glamour and a, tw- and a twist to it. I think people are maybe tired of the reality section and maybe just want something a bit more that goes, oh, that was really good and that had a meaning to it. And I just think that's quite important, really. What's your sort of thoughts on that? Yes, um, it sure is. That's exactly why I I, I angled it that way. Um, it took me years to actually develop this character. I didn't want somebody who's just going to be ordinary and forgotten. I wanted somebody to be memorable and it's sort of like a mix of Sunset Boulevard. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunset Boulevard meets the other side of midnight. Yeah, uh, yeah. When you think about characters like Dr. Lecter, right, you know right off the bat who he yeah. is, yeah. what he does, and yeah. it remains in your brain. I mean, he definitely oh, occupies your brains. That is sort of the... They're not the same. I, I, I might add it's apples and oranges, but I'm saying she does have the sophistication of Dr. Lecter. I might add. <laughs> but the, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want yeah, yeah. somebody, Norma Desmond from Sunset Boulevard is yeah. a standout character. You never forget any, anybody like her. So Camille Rogers, the heiress, the French heiress, she's like that. You'll never forget about her. Ellen, you'll never forget what she is about. Because this is, again, a character-driven story. And, um, you know, I want people to get to know her. And I want people, you know, readers to um, get to know her story. So do you, looking at the book side of it, and obviously, you know, jumping forward a little bit, do you think it will go into a movie or a series? Is that something you'd want to pursue and go forward? Because I think the way that television is being portrayed now, especially on the big streaming platforms, is that people just want to sort of binge and watch stuff. Do you think that it could potentially go that way? It's funny that you mentioned that. I have a confession to make. This <laughs> actually, this uh, book was a movie concept first before okay. I turned it into a full blown novel. Yeah. Believe it or not, I had um, scribbled down, you know, ideas about the movie. And I knew in my gut right there and then that I know there's a market for this. I just have a good feeling about them that doesn't come very often. And again, the book has a cinematic feel to it, like Golden Age of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you couple that with memorable characters, like I was mentioning, the lead, one of the leads, who is larger than life, so to speak, and you really have a formula for a good film. And again, before my husband passed, he and I were supposed to produce the 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 the, the movie together, 
And uh, because of our television background, uh, television producer background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in the process of transferring in a film side. And, and so not to mention, there's also a need for thrillers out there. There's not enough. So that makes you also, you know, unique. So yes, a movie is definitely a must. And even though we're, you know, in the early stages of it, we are in the development stage um, of the movie because now we're about to launch the book and, you know, everything now triggers after that. So, but yes, we have started our talks with, you know, production studios um, and we'll continue to do so as we get to the next next phase Yeah, because we have launching to do and all that kind of stuff, all that good stuff. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, I know, oh, all, all that, all that. Yeah, it is good stuff. And the thing is, is that I think from what I'm picking up as well, and speaking to you, you're just embracing, it. and I think just embracing what's around you, and and you know, just go on the journey. Because I, I think um, one of the other conversation we had, and I've had a few of these, was with obviously people listen to audio um, books. Mm-hmm. We had a chat with another guest a few months ago and, and he was saying that one of the biggest challenges for him was actually recording the audio. And he said just being locked oh, away in a room and actually he said it was really hard, really, really difficult. <laughs> and now you know how I feel, at least yeah. for that gentleman. <laughs> it's just, it's just it exhausting. Been locked... <laughs> no, no. I I have, uh, i got to be honest with you, I have, I have to really put on my soldier act mentality because when you're performing Pete, whether you're singing or recording a song, you got to deliver. There's one thing in mind and one thing only. And that, that professionalism, because of my experience and my background, that's already taught me to try to beat the game. Because if I focused on like, I didn't, you know, gosh, how am I going to do this? And of course those questions swirled, swirled in my mind. Uh, no doubt about it. And having, you know, not being able to do it in the beginning, uh, this is your first time. So it's like, how are you going to approach it? What's your timing like? How are you going to tell this? Because your job is to take the audience to the story. Remember now, they're not reading it. So they're relying on that voice, that storyteller who knows the story deep down, inside out, like I do, because if someone tells me, well, you know, so-and-so comment about the book, I know we'll, I will know exactly in a heartbeat what page you're, you've finished. That's how I know the book, this book inside out. So to me, it really was about, I don't really have time to think about how I cannot do this. I just need to be in a zone of how can I deliver a great product? And that's what enables me to like, you know, get through, not only get through, I actually, we had a great session last Wednesday and, you know, even um, the McCartney's were, were saying, wow, you got a few more chapters under your belt more than the last time. So I'm picking up that speed. So I'm like, well, maybe I'm getting used to it, but uh, <laughs> by the time you're done with this, you're going to love doing audiobook. I'm like, I don't know about that, but Yes, it has really changed my perception of the beginning of it, because it is true. Who better can tell your story, Pete, than the one who, who wrote the story, who Absolutely. created Absolutely. every single one of these characters? And Absolutely. I've never done this before. And, and they were telling me that, you know, it's like, we don't have any problems with you and your dialogue. Well, the dialogue actually was because of it's the movie, the screen, screenplay already. So I know these characters that I have created inside and out. 
So I know exactly how to deliver them. And so, you know, the rest, you just got to fill it in. They call it the descriptive, you know, the reading, you know, of the other ones before you get to the dialogue. So, yeah, it's 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 tough. But to me, (laughs) what choice do I have? You come come attack it like a soldier and 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 deliver the good news, deliver the good product in the end. (laughs) At least I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm sure. No, absolutely. No, I'm sure. And I think also as well, I think I think there's a really cool element to audio. I've got a couple of friends that listen to audio books and what they say to me is they trust what they what they're hearing because it, it's yeah. just something that they 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 trust and and they like because they're actually you know they get into the writer or they get into the stories and they end up being part of you and I think it's just another good way of um you know reaching people and and yeah. a, a solid message really and it's become bigger than ever the audiobook has become bigger than ever I, yeah. I suppose it had a lot to do with also this whole you know, the whole thing changed in the internet, the whole yeah. social media, their podcasts, they're more powerful than ever. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. every time I turn around, every celebrity has their own podcast. I mean, what does that tell you? I mean, it is powerful. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to ignore it. And I felt like, okay, they finally convinced me. The publisher wanted me to do it. The McCartney's wanted me to do it. And so, you know, here I am doing it. And um, <laughs> I mean, what a ride in my career. My goodness. Next thing you know, I'm like a narrator. Holy cow. So, well, and the next thing I'll be talking to you in, in, in say, in a year's time, and you suddenly own 20th Century Fox. So there you go. What about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, that that's a tall order um, becoming the Nas and, you know, loose the balls of the world. But, uh, you know, never say never and nothing is impossible in this lifetime. That much I can say. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think um, as much as we know how something like that would be extremely difficult, there's no harm in having a go or at least putting a, your best foot forward because you never know. Like you say, you didn't think you were going to be doing a book. Exactly. Um, you know, so... And you didn't think that the McCartneys would come along and, and would be working. So, hey, there's got to be some good in that somewhere. Pete, so long as you do it and you're trying, before you know it, doors open, new relationships are being built, new opportunities uh, uh, come about. I mean, you just got to do it. And somehow you find your way in a journey. I mean, look at this, the the the, the journey I've been, I've been taking. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty ambitious, but I, I have a very, very clear vision of, of, of this project when I first started. I knew um, the, 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 the content of the story that I, 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 I have. I knew that it was going to be a book and movie. I knew that there's going to be sequel, even the third one, and I wanted to build a franchise. That's eventually my, my, my goal. And as a matter of fact, um, uh, somehow my my information about this book have been gotten a hold by some super agent back there in in Asia, and now we're actually doing our expansion um, internationally. So it's like the momentum is there, and I'm quite uh, thrilled about that result. Things that you don't expect, you just do what you do. You keep on honing your craft. You've been working hard at it. You just keep going and going. And like you said, all this opportunity starts, you know, opening up where it's meant to be. It's going to land where it's supposed to be, you know. So what can I say? Here I am. 
Well, and also your husband's probably looking down and you're saying, go, girl, keep keep doing it. <laughs> oh, amen. He would have been so proud of me because, again, you know, I'm <clears throat> harder for me these days because I used to just concentrate on being, you know, the front person and concentrate yeah. in my yeah, career yeah. and he yeah. did the business side. Yeah. And so now I have to do everything and, you know, for a single girl and, you know, trying to do uh, the business side as well as, you know, being the artist, uh, in this case, the author. It's tough. I mean, there's a lot more work involved in it. But hey, what isn't tough lately in my life? <laughs> Somebody better tell me because witnessing your husband die right in front of you is the most horrific thing. And that changes everything for me. And, and and it toughens you up just when you thought you're the weakest, you're the strongest. I mean, I, I you know, can't imagine, you know, that at all. I mean, I've lost my parents quite a few years ago, but um yeah, I, 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 but but I do understand it. Probably does um, does change it. Changed me quite quite a lot. I mean, I before the podcast, I worked at record companies and managed to sell some records, and then I ended up building festivals and shows. Um, sort of went from a couple of hundred people up to sort of thirty, forty, you know, up to fifty thousand people. And um, you get to the point where you think, <clears throat> what am I trying, you know, to do really? Why, why am I trying to do this? And you know, I stepped away for a few years and. Sometimes you just need a, a you know better perspective of what you're trying to do. But one thing's for sure is you know entertainment is always still within me, um, and I think you just got to keep going because you never know what's around the corner. Um, and there's so many people out there that will just say you can't do this, you can't do that. And I'm always saying to Becky, oh, they're um, always there. You just ignore uh, them. <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. You just blow right through them. <laughs> yeah, you do. You, there's you always just negative people. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent, and I think you 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 know hit the nail on the head. Really, I think yeah, you just blow right through them, and you just do what you got to do, um, and just do your best. But I, you can still be respectful, but you can you can exactly. have, have a bit of steel about you, and there's nothing wrong with that, to be perfectly honest. Um, sure. And like you say, you never know where it's going to go. So, so for the movie, you know, we're, we're looking. Say you're doing the premiere of the movie, okay, in Leicester Square tomorrow, okay. Mm-hmm. Who would be the, your leading um actors that you would like to have in the movie who who's your sort of ideal people uh-huh um wow i suppose i should let you in another little secret i guess uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, oh my gosh it's funny um ruth and i ruth mccartney and i were actually just talking about this the other day and it's not something, obviously, that we, you know, I talk about because, again, the focus is really long, launching this book successfully. And the more successful you are in the book, obviously, dot, 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 everything, you know, um, is only an advantage. Um, you can do it as a separate project. I get that because not, not every book that turns into a movie, you know, everybody knows, right? But you also no, have... No you know, the, the the superstars of the book, whatever, those uh, trilogies and whatnot, you already know the book and then turns into a movie, of course, yeah. you know, it has yeah, to yeah. be a movie. So, you know, you can you can take it as a separate project, so to speak. But, um, but to answer your question, I literally, you know, I haven't thought about it for, for, for quite some time. And and I literally told her, you know, I don't know, so somewhere between the... Charlize Theron's Angelina Jolie's of the world. And then she started mentioning about Blake Lively. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's 
actually a good one. Hmm. Yeah. I said, you got me thinking because again, you know, when my focus is not there, I obviously, you know, don't really spend that much time about it, but she actually is a good candidate for, for this. So, so there, that's, that's the latest um, conversation about this that I am letting you in. Well, and I mean, that's yeah. a good one. She's a good one. Yeah. I, I, I mean, just, this is quite weird, actually, because listening to you there and listening to you going through uh, through your story and explaining more about the book, one of the first characters or, or actresses that came to mind was Charlize Theron. I thought, well, actually, and I'll and you funny you mentioned, and now you mentioned Blake Lively. I think, yeah, actually, that's a good call as well. So, yeah, I can um, either one of those actresses I could see working really well, actually. Exactly. Uh, definitely. Exactly. You um, need somebody. You need somebody who who has that European flair. Because after all, she's living in the Côte d'Azur. Yeah, yeah, At the yeah, same yeah, yeah. time, she's very worldly. She's yeah. very cultured and yeah. obviously has the connections to Hollywood. Her mother has, you know, has, has uh, the studio heads and her speed dial and, you know, important actors and friends with Liz Taylor and da-da-da. And so you're talking about deeply connected to, you know, Hollywood in America. So you need that sort of well-roundedness. And and I remember even Angela Jolie when she did uh, the tourist uh, movie, yes. if you remember that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she actually yeah. had to take, I guess, etiquette lessons, if you call it these days. Um, sort of a charm school back in the 50s, if you will. Um, she had to mm. take those to, to be able to have that, you know, to up her sophistication and that you know, portrayal of that character. So that's really interesting, um, you know, to me when I when I when I do that. But that's basically more or less what I'm trying to do. You have to be able to have that. Otherwise it's just not going to work because you, again, you're talking about an heiress who knew nothing about that except that world. And I think, yeah, and I think also as well from from what you're saying as well, Zara, I think for me at the moment, especially if, if whatever book I'm reading or whatever TV show, you know, I'm watching or, or Becky is saying to me, I'll watch this or, you know, watch this one. And I think it's quite intriguing television now because when you see a series, you actually want to watch the lot. Um, so when you see, um, you know, Netflix has just dropped the latest, you know, latest TV series and there's 10 episodes and you get into it, you really want to watch them. And then what happens, you want the next season. And I think that I think that's something where you you, you could definitely go. Um, and I think with all of uh, on the other side for us, with all the like the music that we work with, and obviously, you know, there's no one better in the music industry than you know, Sir Paul McCartney. Um, where music just lends itself to um, movies and TV shows where you remember them. And I think for me, that's a great that plays a big part as well. So not only do I now look at the the TV show and think oh, that was really good. I want to see that again, but I would look to look at the soundtrack because obviously that's partly, you know, what we get involved right. with and you think, yeah, that's important. So I think it, it could be, yeah, it could be like you said, it could be a really big sort of the next great TV show. Why not? Or, or, or exactly. trilogy. Who knows? Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cause if exactly. it goes, it works in the book and on the screenplay, it's going to work on screen. Um, it will. It definitely will. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, and I think also as well, I mean, it's a completely different sort of actor, but one of the actors, my one of my favourite actors that I just sort of loved his work as he continues going forward is Tom Hardy. Watching Tom oh, Hardy, he is, I don't know if you've seen all of his films, but Legend About the Craze or When He Did Al Capone, he's just, 
I don't know. You just believe everything that he says. He's just really, really, really good. It's true. And I, um, I tell you, I, in my opinion, I don't think he's credited enough. Yeah, I think he's a fine, fine actor, but I, I, I think he's not credited enough from for, for what he does. No, I don't. I think he. I've been. I've actually watched Legend the other night, and um, again, one of the other ones is Charlize Theron. I really like the way she's been. Um, she's sort of taking care of business really and where she's come out with you know atomic blonde and she's playing a bit more a bit more harder roles and you and you you tend to think yeah she's got that edge about her so you know i just think it's it's watch this space really i suppose to be honest with you right right what i mean you've touched on this quite a lot as well so what sort of memories of celebrities sort of do you recall back in the early 2000s and 1990s what sort of stands out to you at that time well, I think, I believe I've already mentioned <laughs> the Cuckoo Dolls on YouTube. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. They, they, yeah. They really stood out for me because of those, you know, following reasons. The, the, those are not your everyday encounter with celebrities, the Cuckoo Dolls trying to, um, uh, you know, lend you their audio technician. No. <laughs> it no. just doesn't no. happen that way. No. You two, you know, chatting with you, Bono, you know, asking for his painting, just really casual as if like they're just ordinary people like, you know, right on the street that you just happen to be chatting away. So those are really the two that really stood out for me. I mean, I can tell you more, but, you know, it's it's really those two. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, it's just, it just, I just think that's very cool anyway, just to, you know whatever happens or whatever you do in your life and you've got those memories it's i think it's not the things that we buy that we remember it's the things that we do and i think they're the mm-hmm. things that sit with us for the rest of our lives and you know that's yeah. a pr- pretty cool thing to just have done anyway really um and i mean what advice would you looking at your experience and what you've gone through in the industry um and you're sitting now in front of some you know, some new young talent. What advice would you give them today, Zara? What would be the one piece of advice you would you would impart to them? Sure. Actually, uh, it's not any different than what I would say to adults. It really is pretty much the same thing. I like the great Confucius once said, which is really one of my favorite, uh, one of mine and my husband's favorite quotes. The greatest glory is not in never falling but in rising every time we fall. And, you know, many challenges would come our way, but our love for what we do is what will keep us persevering and work harder. And these, these are the type of characters that will bring you no doubt success, you know, and make you stand out in the crowd. So that's what I would say. Yeah, no, I, I actually couldn't agree more, really. I think... Um... I think for every you sort of eloquently highlighted really well for every you know failure success you know comes success so I think the more failures you have you will get that success and it just gives you that little bit more <clears throat> I suppose bittersweet moment really um and hard work and determination you know people say you you know you got lucky well it takes 10 years to get a bit of luck and sometimes that's what I always say it's so true <laughs> I, you always get that. Well, you know, you have relationships and, you know, relationships are built. It's just yeah. like you. It's a matter yeah. of you, what you wanted to do with it. You go after it, you create it. People like you, you work hard at it. People want to yeah. have a relationship with you, do business with you. It's all effort. Nothing is for free. Nothing yeah. is uh, magically falls in your lap. You have to work at it. And that's another advice that I usually tell yeah. young people. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't echo that better myself really i think it's, it's it's good words and good advice just to impart to people and um yeah i think it's uh definitely um you know in a positive way to look and i think i suppose this next sort of point really i think you've answered this really but i'm going to ask it anyway i mean which really person has inspired you the most and why but i think i know the answer to this <laughs> and you sure do and <laughs> He sure is my late husband, Gene Maillard. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. He, he, he was the most positive person I've ever met in my entire life. He, who dedicated, by the way, most of his career helping children, again, included disabled and mentally challenged. These are the type of works that he's done with the Kennedys and you know, the Grammy Foundation, Gibson Foundation. He even got hi- hired as a CEO for the 200th anniversary White House. Um, by the two former presidents, uh, George Sr. and Bill Clinton. So wow. he really had a tremendous yeah, yeah. amount of work when it comes to yeah. uh, helping children. So he was very smart, relentless in pursuing things and never once gave up even when he was very ill. So I was really blessed with witnessing that type of you know, unassailable character and lucky enough to carry that same approach uh, and outlook in life even when he's gone. So he really is the inspiration. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, I think also as well, I think that type of inspiration and commitment and, you know, deter- never leaves you. Because I think if you've been around that for, you know, quite a while, it sort of it instills in you and, in, 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 you know, ingrains you in your blood and your system. So I don't think it will ever go. And I think I always believe... Um, that person will always stay with you. So when you're making the decision or you're not making the decision, that person sitting on your shoulder saying, well, you know, you've got that little voice in the back of your head saying maybe sleep on it or take a few more days to think about it. And I always feel that's that person there sort of just nudging you along to say, you know, just have a think about it. And sure. I think that's a cool thing to do, really. Very true. So we ne- we never know. And I know... This is a this is an interesting point, and you're probably going to gasp at this. But what does the next twelve months look like for you? <laughs> oh Lord, very busy, Pete, uh, with a full schedule. I might add, uh, a lot of I see a lot of travels. Uh, yeah. We are on the verge of expanding again in uh, the book internationally. Yeah. Plus, we're at the beginning uh, stage of the film. So, uh, but first, really, it's all about book launching again, off the gates, uh, campaign and media tour. So a lot of those normal stuff that we're going to be doing but very excited about it i mean it, it will be a full schedule yeah you're going to be your feet's not going to touch the ground for a while i should think <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> so is it any coming to london are you going to be doing any 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 perhaps the, perhaps okay that's cool possibility hit you guys up and you know have coffee or tea <laughs> yeah if you've got time yeah absolutely no absolutely we we will we, we arrange a cup of tea and a cup of coffee and a Maybe a, maybe a slice of cake, something like that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Love that. No, exactly, exactly. No, I think um, it's good to be busy. It's good to be certainly sure. focusing because it focuses the mind. And like you say, you never know where it's going to go, who you're going to meet. And and like you said earlier on, who's, who said you're going to be an author? Well, you are now, so there you go. <laughs> Official one. <laughs> <laughs> and now... For a bit of fun, really, but I've, I've got an idea who you might say here, but I want to ask this to you anyway. For a bit of fun, what three people would you go to dinner with and why? Oh, Lord. 
<laughs> and it could be at home or going into a restaurant, but you can pick any three people you choose. Okay. Um, I would have to say, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I would have to say Johnny Depp. Okay. Elon Musk. Okay. And Grace Kelly, even though she's obviously in the past. Yeah, yeah. But those are the three I would. I would. That would be an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? That would be. I mean, I I picked Johnny because of, you know, again, this whole thing that had just happened to him. You know, I I really am dying to ask him, you know, you were not long ago the pariah to being vindicated. How does that feel? I mean, I thought that's an interesting, you know, angle for him to, you know, talk. Jordan's can talk about it forever. You know, Elon Musk, uh, he's an apologetic for his views and his success. That is also very interesting to me. And Grace Kelly lived a very close uh, life with my character. So no more. (laughs) It's very obvious why I want her. Yeah, no. I was going to say, yeah, Grace Kelly, absolutely. But yeah, and what Elon Musk is achieving, what he's doing. And obviously, again, Johnny Depp's one of my favourite actors and, you know, you can't beat him in Pirates of the Caribbean. I think he's great. And I also think he's great um, in Hollywood Vampires. I think the band's really cool. And um, I, I think he's been in the UK at the moment with um, on Jeff Beck's tour. I think he's been doing some appearances. And so, yeah, yeah I think he's a, he's Thank just you. a natural. He's always been one of my favourite people as an actor and I th- he's a great musician. Yeah, I just think, you know. And to be honest with you, I picked him because even way before this whole craziness that he had with the media, um, I was already eyeing on him to play as one of the, the main characters who's the FBI detective. Oh, okay. A special agent in, in the story. Yeah, yeah. I've long sort of was written for him kind of thing. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I could... That's why I followed it. I usually don't like that drama no. kind of thing. but. No. Uh, but I, I, it gives you a peek in how the studio is dealing with him, what their views are. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, no, I think it'd be a great, a great addition. And um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think between him and Blake Lively, that could be really interesting. Can that could be a really yeah. interesting yeah. dynamic? Boy, you're na- you're nailing it, Pete. Wow, that's a very exciting cast. It is. Yeah, it is. I th- yeah, absolutely. Watch this space, I think. You're just going to be... I told you you're going to be owning Fox in a few years' time, so there you go. <laughs> you are invited for a cup of tea. <laughs> I mean, and a cake, I might add. And a cake. <laughs> Becky and I will come along and have a cup of tea with Zara. How about that? Amen. that absolutely. Amen. <laughs> you are forever welcome. <laughs> That'll be very, very cool. But no, I, I think, um, like you say, if you don't... If you if you're shooting for the moon and you hit the stars, then that's not a bad thing to do. And um, what a great dinner party! I think that would be a really cool. Even Johnny Depp could get out his guitar. Um, you know, you could have a bit of a singer song. Grace Kelly could do. You know, have a dance around, and Elon Musk could stream the music online. So that that could work quite well. <laughs> I am not missing that party, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be cool. I think, and we can have. And while we're at it, we can have Dalton, we can have cocktails while we're at it. Exactly. And, do you, and to be honest with you, why can't you bring in Paul McCartney and Bono as well, just to add to the festivities and just have a bit hey. of jam? You know? Why not? Why not? I mean. Why not? Why not? I mean, and Joe Perry for a bit of, a bit of guitar on top. There you go. Might as well throw him in there. there. <laughs> <laughs> it won't do any harm, will it? It won't do any harm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
And sadly, Zara, coming coming to the end of our, our conversation, but how can our listeners find out more about um, about your book? Where you can where you can buy it? When it's going to be online? Where they can download it? What what can they do? Sure. Um, uh, starting with my website uh, at thezara.com. That's T-H-E-Z-A-R-A-H.com. And of course, we have also all our me- social media channels to keep you updated. That's actually, you know, in, in so many ways, um, going to give you, you know, not only a quick up- update, but it gives you the timeline and how we're going to ramp this up and how, you know, uh, activities are going. So Facebook, uh, and the handle is the author Zara. That's um, in Facebook. Uh, Instagram is author Zara. And the Twitter is same thing, author Zara. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. So at least they can find out a little bit more about you, what you're doing, where they can get the book. Now that's cool. That's really good. And, um, I just like to say it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today, Zara. I wish you all the luck in the world, and we really look forward to catching up with you again very soon. Yes, indeed, indeed. And as a matter of fact, once you start, you know, for anyone out there to follow me in, you know, all these social media channels, I just want to make mention that we'll be posting, you know, behind the scenes of the McCartney <laughs> recording uh, the audio, so audiobook. So lots of fun things uh, coming your way. But thank you, Pete. I truly, truly enjoyed it. Well, that's all for today's episode of The Entertainment Engine. And thanks for listening. Join us again next week for more great guest interviews from the world of entertainment. It would be great to have your feedback on the show. So please drop us a message at any time. We would love to hear from you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to the show. And remember to all stay safe. The Entertainment Engine.